Welcome back, podcast family. This is your host, Dre LLC, and this is the No Name Just Game podcast, right? We definitely have a special, special episode lined up for you guys today. I am sitting down with certified life coach and mental health expert, author, speaker, educator. She has over 30 years experience in the human resources field. She's also a WREG finalist for a remarkable woman of the year, right? Multiple, multiple certifications and degrees, right? So we definitely have a special episode lined up for you guys today. I definitely want to say I'm excited. How are you doing today, Ms. Wells? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me today. I thank you for coming. I thank you for coming. So I said you're a certified First, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, and I'm so honored to be invited to your episode, so thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I definitely thank you for coming. So how is everything going with your business? <clears throat> the businesses are going well. Um, I am the uh, female founder of a black-owned life coach training academy in the Memphis and metropolitan area, mm-hmm. and so we... Um, our, our, our mission is to equip people to help others reach their potential, pursue their passion, and find their purpose. So um, as a life coach, a certified life coach, obviously I meet and speak with clients and help them in their life and uh, with issues, whatever they bring to the table, we discuss um, how we can help overcome any blocks, any barriers, or any roadblocks in their lives. Uh, so that they can get from good to better or better to best. And through the academy, uh, what we're doing is equipping other people to do exactly that, to help other people to get from good to better or better to best in reaching their goals. So that is the mission of the Nova Life Coach Training Academy. Oh, absolutely. That is amazing. That is amazing. So I guess my first question would be, is that something you found passionate? How long have you been doing it? Well, the Academy has been uh, up and running for about a year, but I have been um, personally coaching um, both in as a professional practice and with employers uh, throughout my HR career. So over the span of the 30 years, there have been components of coaching that have been part of my career. Um, But most recently, becoming certified as a life coach uh, and having my own list of private clients um, I've been able to specifically focus more on the one-on-one interaction with coaching and specifically working through personal life challenges, um, not just career-related challenges through HR, but actual work-life challenges with my clients. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So would you say you more so got into life coaching because you seen the opportunity in it, or would you say you more so found a passion for it? I think it was a little of both. Mm -hmm. Um, Personally, there was an opportunity for me because I had had some challenges in my own life where I found where coaching, counseling, therapy was most beneficial. And all three of those are three different areas. And we Mm -hmm. can talk about that, too, because some people aren't quite sure exactly how coaching is different from counseling how coaching is different from therapy, how coaching is different from consulting. So most people view all of those as one and the same, but they're Mm -hmm. actually very different and unique areas of service in helping people 
uh, to get through or overcome things. Um, I specifically chose coaching because for me, coaching is very client-centered and forward-focused. Mm-hmm. So with some other helping professions, they you know peel back the onion on your life and what your childhood was, any trauma or drama in your life that you need to address that's bubbling up in other ways in your life. So let's peel back the onion and, and dive deeper in that. And all that's beneficial. But I, for me personally, I was at a point where I felt stuck and I really needed to move forward in some things that I knew I was destined and purposed to do. And that's what coaching helped me do. It doesn't necessarily bind you to your past or, um, you know, nurture you to stay where you are. Coaching really does push and drive you to move forward. So it's very client focused. So it's centered on you. It helps you find the answers within yourself. It's not like counseling where a counselor will give you advice and tell you what to do. Um, because I'm a firm believer that within you and within your higher source, the answer lies within. So it's not necessarily my job to tell you what to do because who better knows what you need to do but you. You know you better than anybody else. So coaching helps people determine what's best for them, to really see it, to get the insight, to know what that is, and to put action into place and just get it done. Okay. Okay. So would you say that's the major difference in coaching when it comes to, compared to other things, would you say coaching is more so frontward facing and other things are kind of? It can be. um, Because coaching, it's not that coaching doesn't allow you to reflect on, say, your past or things that have happened to you, but it doesn't leave you there. It doesn't uh, require that you dig so deep and, and, and deal with Uh, the past hurt or past trauma or things like that, that maybe therapy would encourage you to do in order for you to to heal or to move on. Those things are important. And it's oftentimes as a coach, I may refer a client to therapy because Mm -hmm. if I sense that uh, what they're dealing with is more traumatic, it's deeper wounds and those are the things that's really holding them back, then therapy might be a better option. So Um, each of those helping professions have their own benefit depending on what you really want to do. But if you're at a place in your life where you feel stuck or you feel like there's just these barriers or roadblocks that are keeping me from being my best self, then absolutely coaching can help. When you think about coaching, think about a basketball coach. Like a basketball coach isn't there trying to convince you to want to play the game. You're already ready to play the game. You want to be on the team. 100%. But you still need a coach to help you be your best self, to get out there and drive and hustle and do all these things that you know you need to do. That's what coaching does. It's like we help you become your best self, but we never touch the ball. You think about it. A coach is out there, and they're giving you everything you need to be your best self, and they're not even on the field. So So it's all driven by you. It's all driven by what you want to do and where you want to be. You have those answers. It's not the coach necessarily telling you, I need you to do this. It's like, okay, what's best when I'm out there on the field? Because the coach is not standing beside me. I'm out here and I got the ball. I got to make a quick judgment. I got to figure this out. So a coach will help lead you to the insight and, and the revelations that you need to know what to do but they don't necessarily do it for you. The coach is not on the field with you. The coach is not on the court with you. So you still got to know what to do for yourself in any given moment. 
but a coach will help you get there. 100%, 100%. So if I was somebody who came to you for coaching and I said I feel stuck, what would be one the, the one piece of advice or one tactic you would give me? Okay. Well, part of coaching is that um, if you're a good coach, you know that it's not necessarily your job to give advice okay. because you're really trying to pull out of your client what's inside of them that they want to do, what's inside of them that they want to see, what's inside of them that dictates where they want to go. So they lead the discussion, they lead the conversation. So I wouldn't necessarily give you advice, but I would walk you through a series of questions and maybe help you through self-discovery figure out exactly what's going on. So if you come and you say, you know what, I I really want to, to get my house in order. My house is a mess. My closets are messy and shoes everywhere and I just can't seem to find the time or I just, I just don't know what I need to do. Well, through coaching, we may uncover that it's really not necessarily just a messy house. It could be time management skills. You're putting everything else before that project. Or it could be organizational skills. It could be that you haven't just really thought through how should I best lay out my closet? How should I best lay out my house? So through coaching, it helps you uncover really what the root of the problem or the situation is. And that's where you start to figure out, okay, I've identified it. Now, what can I do to break that wall down? Is it that, you know, I because I'm just... I hate clean. It could be, I hate cleaning. I just mm-hmm. don't want to clean up. I just hate cleaning. And that's why it's a mess. Okay. What is it? That's, that's, what is it about cleaning? Well, you know what? I used to have to clean so much as a child and I just don't have the drive for it. Okay. Well, you know, here's your goal. Here's where you are. What can help you through the process to overcome that? Or where do you start? Where would you like to start? Well, you know what? Maybe I just start with my shoes. I'll just put up a shoe rack and start, okay, start there. And you're building the answers yourself. You're building the process yourself. So you might may identify, okay, it really, it's more me. It's not that I can't do it. It's just me. I'm just, I have this mental block that I just don't want to do that task. And once you've realized, okay, it's me, it's really just me. Okay, well, I tell you what, I'm going to start project number one. I'm just going to put up a shoe rack and start there. And then you do it and you realize, okay, I'm making progress. And then you move to the the next step. So it doesn't have to be this huge undertaking. Uh, You walk yourself through the journey. We pace it out at your own rate. Um, It's not forced. It's, it's very organically driven to where you're just doing and moving and flowing how you want to do it. And that's the beauty of coaching. It's not somebody that's, that's, task masking you it's all about what you want to do and guess what if you show up to the next session to decide okay now i want to talk about this so you know since we talked last this issue has come up okay you got the conversation it's very much client focused a minute i mentioned earlier it's client focused and it's forward it's client centered and it's forward focused so whatever you feel that you want to talk about or that you're dealing with that's where we start i don't script it out as the coach I don't pigeonhole you to any of your um, commitments. Now, I do work with you to be accountable because that's what a coach does. We do help you to be accountable to what you say you want to do. 100%. But it's all about where you want to be, where you want to go, how you want to get there, and I help you on that journey. Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, so, okay, so you said, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
He said a lot of times people think it's a specific task or things like that, and a lot of times it's a system problem. Mm-hmm. Would you say more of the time it's a system problem than it is task, or would you say it's a 50-50? Or how often do you think when a task is going wrong we should look at the system and compare it to when do you think we should just worry about how to troubleshoot the certain task? That's a great question, and I really think it's a combination. It can be a combination of all of those things. Sometimes it's just a matter of really giving life to the life issue. Um, I had a client once who was having a, a lot of health issues, and she was in and out of doctors, and um, she was getting a little nervous about it, and it turned out that um, – she needed to create like a gluten-free lifestyle. It was a lot of what she was eating uh, that was contributing to what she was feeling. And she realized that um, she didn't want to let go of what she was used to. She liked eating cookies. She liked her sweets in, at night before bed. She, you know, liked a, a lot of red meat or whatever it was that she was, was in, you know, indulging in. Um, so she knew, she, but she was struggling with the reality of this is a change I really do need to implement so that I can be healthy and so that I can live. So it wasn't that she didn't know the answers. She was hesitant about doing the things that she wanted to do because she didn't want to give certain things up. And Mm -hmm. that's a lot of times when people get stuck or feel stuck, they get stuck in a routine. Um, They get stuck in how things always are. And if they want to see change, they have to be willing to do it. And a lot of times it's just them um, getting to a place where they want it bad enough and they realize it's me or they realize it wasn't what I thought it was, that they actually do the work. And that's what coaching encourages you to do. It, It encourages you to get the insight and enlightenment you need to make sure that you're doing the things that you want to do and do the work. Okay. That's good. That's good. So, okay, I want to um kind of spin back because this was one of the things that I was always kind of confused on when it comes to the difference between coaching and therapy and different things along that line. So I know you said one of the major differences is some look forward and some look back. Could you um break down a few more of the things that's different in coaching compared to therapy and other fields? In the industry? So, <clears throat> so as I mentioned, coaching is very client-centered and forward-focused uh, and results-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the pr- professions overlap in some ways. We actually, um, there are times where a therapist may recommend a client for coaching and feel like, okay, maybe what you're dealing with isn't as, as serious uh, as a therapy moment, but maybe a good coach can help you Um, get through what you're going through and the same with a counselor and things like that so with coaching client-centered forward focus it's kind of okay here's where I am here's where I want to get to I need help kind of getting me from from a to z or a to m however many steps it is and there's not even a limit on that so even if someone has a fairly small goal they just want to put together uh, a fitness plan you know, and, and it's the, the cool thing about coaching is it doesn't matter what phase you are in life, whether it's a, a financial issue, whether it's a fitness issue, whether it's spiritual, whether it's marriage and family, um, whether it's career, 
it's the same principles apply. It's helping you figure out, okay, if that's your end goal, what do you need to do to get there? What's standing in your way? What's blocking you? Um, and then day by day, week by week, month by month, chipping away at it and getting to bright and celebrating those milestones along the way. That's co- what coaching can do for you. When you think about therapy, you think about uh, people who have maybe gone through some really traumatic um, experiences in life where they where it's affecting them mentally in certain ways, it's showing up in certain conduct and behaviors, and they just really need someone to help them process um, the trauma, the drama, the outcomes, the issues that they're going through. And everybody has. It could be a loss of a loved one. It could be a very serious car accident. It could be a loss of a job after 30 years. It's just whatever it is that's affecting you and affecting your quality of life that you may just need some help getting past or getting through, a good therapist can help you do that. Um, People often seek counseling when they just need advice on how to navigate things in life. Um, And they just need, or they may need a mentor. That's another option. Um, Sometimes a good mentor will help just kind of share their experiences with you so that it helps broaden the experiences that you have to come. So people seek out a mentor. So there's all of these different avenues where people can seek help. You can get a mentor for help. You can get a counselor for help. You can get a therapist. You can get a coach. You can get all these different avenues. And one of the things that I encourage is that a lot of people are hesitant because they feel like it's a stigma. And really with therapy and, and counseling, a lot of people feel like there's a stigma around, oh, I don't need a therapist. I don't need a counselor. I'm fine. But I'll go see a coach because mm-hmm. for some reason that sounds a little softer for me. Like, yeah, I've got a coach and my coach is really helping me be better. And that's fine. Um, but you may get that coach and realize that through coaching, it uncovers some other things that you need to deal with. And you might just need a therapist. So we will invite you and encourage you to seek help to dig deeper, especially if there's really severe, someone suffering from severe depression. We all get sad. We all have depressing moments. We all face depression. But if someone's battling, say, severe depression or severe anxiety, severe levels of stress, they may need a good therapist to help them heal back and kind of figure out the source of that. Not that we all don't do it. And a good coach can help you with stressful moments. A good coach can help you when you're anxious about a new relocation, I've got this job and I got to move and I'm, I'm nervous and, and, and you know, I want to make sure I'm doing the right thing. A good coach can, can coach you through that. But if it's stifling to the point where it's impacting your quality of life, you may need different sources or resources to help you with that. So it's all about helping. It's, they're all helping professions. It just really depends on what you're going through and where you are. Nice. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that clarity because – I, I can't speak for everybody, but I can definitely speak for myself. I definitely didn't understand the difference. And I also want to touch on something you said when you said that uh, to a lot of people, it seemed like almost a stigma. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To say that you're not feeling okay and that you need mm-hmm. a mental health expert or counseling or coaching or mm-hmm. therapist or whatever the case may be. So I'm definitely glad you cleared that up for us. Definitely glad you cleared that up for me. Um, So I want to kind of circle back to something you said in the beginning or earlier in the episode. You said that you made the career jump because of a particular life situation Mm -hmm. that was going on. Mm -hmm. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure, I can. 
I, um, well, I had a series of things that happened in a fairly short amount of time. I had a significant loss in my family. Sorry to hear that. Um, and then I had a loss in relationship, and then I was experiencing job, uh, some fluctuation in job situations and positions, and all of it was kind of compounding at the same time. And then it escalated at a point where I had a really serious um, health scare and health event where I was attacked by a dog, attacked by a pit bull. So I had all these things that were happening in life that was compounding. And I knew that if I didn't find something that could help regulate my mindset, keep my thoughts under control, keep my emotions under control, keep my stress level under control, um, you know, I was still a mom. I was still working full time. I was still trying to hold everything together and do all these things. And I realized that as much as I had done and as much as I had accomplished, I was unraveling and I was falling apart, but still trying to keep everything together. And I didn't even realize it. And I, it was showing up in different ways. It was showing up physically in my health and I didn't notice it. It was showing up in my interactions with people and withdrawing, and it, it was showing up in emotions, and I didn't know it. So I was going through all these things and didn't realize that, um, you know, the weight of life and the weight of the world on you manifests in you in different ways, and sometimes you're not even aware of it. And so it was then when I realized that help was necessary and help uh, would be helpful. I needed help, and it would help me, and I was convinced that it would help. Um, and I knew that if it worked for me, it could work for others. And I knew that it was need if it was needed for me, it was needed for others. And I knew if it was if I was able to keep going and keep pushing and keep striving and not realize how it was destroying me and burning me out, it was doing the same thing for others. So it was just a wake up call um, for me to kind of shift my emphasis on because I was already in a helping profession so to speak because I was an HR manager uh, and, and, and HR director and, and all these other positions in the HR field so I was helping people every day mm -hmm. I was that's just what I was doing um, I just realized that there was a more purposeful way for me to help people um, who may be going through what I'm going through and living like I'm living um, but slowly dying at the same time because of how I was living, how I was living was causing me to die. How I was living was causing me to die. And I didn't even know it, but it was showing up in ways that I wasn't even paying attention to. And I knew that I needed to help myself. I knew I needed some help. So once I realized that and realized that there were so many ways to do that, because even in coaching, I can still promote other helping professions. I can still talk about therapy. I can still talk about counseling. I can still recommend people to get a good mentor. If this is what you want to do, get a good mentor and let them help you in these ways. So um, they're not mutually exclusive. It's just that this is a way for me to keep people going forward because I, I, did, I did not want and I don't want anyone to get stuck or feel stuck like I did because I was used to having all the answers or being the answer because you know people come to HR for answers. You know, we're helping it's human resources. We're dealing with people and people problems all day long. So I was good at that. But what what was I gonna do when I didn't have an answer? And I didn't have an answer for me. And I didn't realize it until I got into coaching that 
in those moments when I didn't feel like I did, I didn't have an answer, I actually did. I just never stopped and paused long enough to figure out what it was for me. And that's where self-care comes into place, which is um, why I decided to write the book, um, Seven Second Life Lessons, because it's a self-care manual and it requires you to just pause for a moment, seven, give yourself seven seconds a day to just pause and focus on you. And that was one of the things that I was not doing. I was not pausing and I was not focusing on me. Life was happening to me at record speed and I never took the time to pause and realize what it was doing to me. And once I realized that, then things started to turn around. Okay. So would you say when you got started in the life coaching, were you able to pass on those experiences and positive things that you were getting from life coaching on to your clients? Absolutely. I think if, if I had not gone through what I had gone through, um, because life is a great teacher. 100%. Um, so had I not gone through the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and the downs, the random acts of kindness and the random horrendous moments, had I not gone through those, then I wouldn't be able to relate to my clients in the way that I can. 100%. 100%. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So you touched on the book for a second. I definitely mm -hmm. wanted to talk about the book because your book, as you said, Seven Second Life Lessons, is one of my favorite to read right now. I um, enjoy reading, learning new things. And when it comes to books, I'm not going to, I can say it like that. The problem that I personally have when it comes to books and things like that is that you feel like you have to read the book cover to cover before you can act on the information or before you can understand it. The thing that I love about your book, Seven Second Life, Seven Second Life Lessons, is that it's an exercise for every day. So it's something for you to read. It's a place for you to reflect on it, and then it's time for you to act on it before the next thing. So mm -hmm. my first question is, what made you go with that style book instead of like a traditional like 300-page cover-to-cover <laughs> textbook style book? That's a great question. Part of it was a bit selfish because even I struggle sometimes to just find the time to sit and be still and quiet enough to just read, you know, 50 pages a day or whatever. Um, so I understand the challenge with most busy people and busy professionals of just pausing long enough to read extensively. Okay. Um, I know we got a applause on this song. We can't give you applause, but we'll definitely tell you thank you yes. for the selfish moment because that definitely, like you said, the just second to pause when you're in a full day or work day and things, you don't feel like you have time to pick up a book cover to cover, but being able to pick it up and look at it when you need it is definitely helpful so yes. thank so you the for way that. that i've actually structured the book um it's basically in the title is seven seconds life lessons you get a life lesson in seven seconds just take seven seconds out of your day and grant yourself award yourself you know be kind to yourself give yourself seven seconds in one day just to do something for you um and it's 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 designed in three parts, so you get your seven-second life lesson, and then I go a step further where I explain to you what the lesson really means, so I tell you what I mean, and then I give you a journaling section for you to reflect on what it means to you. So there's a life lesson, 
I dig a little deeper, tell you what it means. Still very brief, so it's still within that time period, but it should only take you about seven seconds to read the lesson. But then I expand on it, and you can take as much time as you'd like. No stress, no pressure. Uh, take as much time as you like to reflect on it. Write your thoughts. There's a journaling component to it on each page for you to write out what that lesson means to you. Um, and it's the book's not dated, but it does have days. So you know what? If you if you do day one today and you get busy tomorrow, then do day two the following day when you're available. It's not even dated. So you don't even have to feel like you're behind. Mm -hmm. So there's no dates in the book. It's just days. Um, and it was originally designed to be a 365-day book, but I was writing like crazy, and I just could not stop because these lessons were just coming because there's just so many things um, that I touch on from finances to love and relationships to career. I mean, there's a lesson on just about any and every topic you can think of. So there are over 400 lessons in the book. So it's a one-year-and-beyond style book. So you've got plenty of lessons uh, to go around in the book, but... That is why I wanted to write the book because, again, it's just a moment of self-care, which is what we encourage in coaching as well that is a component of it. And that's what coaching is all about. It's very client-centered, uh, client-focused. So it, you know, coaching requires you to focus on you, and this book requires you to focus on you and allows you to reflect on whatever that lesson is speaking to you about. And there are a myriad of topics uh, in this book. So I'm really excited about it. I'm glad it's finally released and I'm getting amazing feedback from it. Thank you so much for yours. Um, and I'm just excited about it. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, it's definitely one of my favorite to read right now. So I know you said it's not day specific, quick, and this may more be a personal question. So mm -hmm. um, <laughs> would you say, um, I know you said it's not dated, like you don't have to go day one, day two. Do you... Uh, I kind of skip around. I kind of like see the list that I think would be best for me today for my seven second life lesson. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's okay to do it like that? Or do you think it's best to read it day one, day two? Oh, think? absolutely. It's very fluid and flexible. So um, it's not dated in the sense that it doesn't have, you know, January 17th, you must read this one. Mm -hmm. uh, March 18th, you must read this one. It's just day one. Here's one for day one. And then the next one is day two, whatever day two is for you. Day two could be three days later, depending on your schedule. So I didn't want anybody to feel pressured um, or bound to the way the book is designed. It is it is very much centered and focused on the person. You can use it however you like. So there, I, I know people that kind of jump around or they'll find topics um, because there is a table of context. So it kind of gives you an idea of what the lesson is going to be about for that particular day. And some people just will go through and say, okay, I want to read all the lessons related to finance or whatever the topic is related to. And that's, that's totally fine, but there's a lesson for any and everybody in that book. hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. Okay. So, um, still on the book, would you say, okay, first, I love a lot of the quotes in there. Are there, are there your quotes or are they, how did the quotes come about in the book? Uh, it's a combination. A lot are just things that um, that were self-revelations for me along the way. Maybe something I may have heard um, days ago, weeks ago, years ago that resonated with me and stuck with me and that had special meaning for me. Um, mm -hmm. So there's some parts like a book that, that I didn't write, a book that I wrote that I didn't write because life wrote it for me. Exactly. So... 
um, different phases and stages of life. I may have been going through something and I would jot it down in, in a journal and just keep it and hold on to it. And I realized, you know what, this really spoke to me. If it spoke to me, it'll speak to somebody else. And I decided to put it in the book. So um, I honestly feel like it's a book that I wrote that I really didn't write because life wrote it for me. Oh, that's so good. <clears throat> that's good. That's good. So would you? Um, do you have a particular favorite from the book or anyone that you can? <laughs> um, I do. I got to save this for part two because I'm hoping you have me back on here oh, no, where I can actually did. dissect and go through some of them. But yeah. I'll give you one that kind of stands out for me. But um, it has something to do with um, how you relate to people and how you invite people into your life and into your space. Um, because most people think it's it's a selfish way to be very guarded with your life and with your heart and with your mind, but it's not really selfish. It's self-first. And being self-first um, leads into self-care because in order for you to care for yourself, you have to think of yourself. And in order for you to think of yourself properly, sometimes you have to think of yourself first. Um, you know, as much as I love everybody in my life, I can't pay your light bill and I sit in the dark. I have to think about myself first. Um, not that I can't help you, but if it's going to put me at a disadvantage or hurt me more by helping you, then that may not be as helpful. It may end up being harmful. So I have to think about myself and I encourage my clients to think about yourself, not in a selfish way, but in a self first way. Um, so that you can care for yourself properly. So there's one in there that's related to that. And there's another that's similar to that um, around people that you have to vet people out before you let people in. You need to vet people out before you let people in because everybody um, that wants to be close to you is not necessarily the best for you. There's one in there that says even your tongue bites um even your teeth bite you like your your mouth your tongue is in your mouth with your teeth they're all in there together side by side close proximity but even your teeth will bite your tongue from time to time mm. as close as they are all the time your tongue is in your mouth with your teeth but even your teeth will bite your tongue from time to time so just because something's next to you doesn't always mean it's best for you so there's one in there that speaks to that. So there's a whole lot of good gems in that book. I'm definitely, telling you that definitely. just will, will bless your heart and your soul. Um, but those are ones that resonate most for me because I think people struggle most with people relationships and people pleasing and not focusing on themselves. And that's that, that has created a lot of the mental health issues that we're seeing because people um, people's mindsets aren't really focused on what it should be. Our, our minds run rapid. Um, so, and a lot of it is when we're at or around certain people. So I talk a lot about just people relationships, um, you know, what's outside versus what's inside. People are out there, but you're in here and you are always with you. So I talk a lot about that, but that's, those are a few of my favorites. hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, we're definitely going to have you back on because I have a million, it seems like more <laughs> mental health questions that I want to ask you, but I want to kind of, um, get into a few entrepreneur style questions. Mm-hmm. Which is so we're definitely gonna have you back on, so you'll be able to go deeper into the book and give us some more of your favorites. Um, turning the page slightly, 
to more of an entrepreneur style. Now, do you have a lot of entrepreneur clients, would you say? Um, I have most of my, um, I have those that are looking, I have, I've had many who were looking to start, mm-hmm. um, because entrepreneurship or looking to start coaching. Oh no, looking to start businesses. Okay. Okay. Becoming entrepreneurs. Um, and most of it, um, when we get to the root of the hindrances, the problems, the issues, why they feel like they need a, cho- a coach, um, is really around fear. Mm-hmm. Um, Fear is probably one of the biggest robbers of success that's out there. People are just afraid to get started. They're afraid of the unknown. Um, They're afraid of failure. Um, They're afraid of shame and embarrassment. There's there's just fear uh, on so many different levels and so many different ways. So I have worked with clients who um, either have started and stopped or started and only gone so far haven't started at all. (laughs) And when we really peel it back, a lot of it is fear. Fear. Okay. So based on the people you've talked to in regards to entrepreneurship, what would you say is causing that fear in most people? I think it's a lot of what I just mentioned. They're afraid of failure. Yeah. They're afraid um, of, of looking bad, being ashamed, being talked about, um, all of that, all the, the shame and, and all that that goes along with it. Uh, a lot are uh, afraid or they fear the the comfort of having a nine to five, mm-hmm. uh, having a boss, you know, having a regular check every week or two weeks. Um, so it's just it just depends on what's really holding the back. I think they're excited and uh, about the opportunity of what um, entrepreneurship will bring. But there's those obstacles that are holding them back. 100%. So what's one piece of advice or one thing that you usually tell those clients? Um, I, there's a series of, it, depending on how stuck they are and how big the fear is, there's a few things we could do. We could you know, kind of look at um, what's driving that fear. Um, if they're just so used to having a steady income, we can talk about maybe ways to eliminate that particular fear do you need to save up more would you feel more comfortable doing that and have them come up with those answers Mm -hmm. because again as a coach it's not my job to give the answers um but if you can recognize what's holding you back you can also recognize what will help you feel better so Mm -hmm. we try to just do a series of just insightful questions powerful questions um maybe some reflection to see what that you know maybe they were homeless as once before and they just can't imagine going back to that space. So it, it could be the source of it could be a lot of different things if you dig deep enough and really figure it out. But it could be that that was at a time where they, you know, weren't as accomplished as they are now. Maybe they do have savings and sometimes you're just still attached to your past. Like you really are in a better place. And, you know, what if it didn't work out? Do you think you're going to lose your home? Well, no, I've been in my home for 20 years, but they're still reflecting on the fact that they were homeless when they were 18 and just went off to college, but they're still attached to that fear. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, it's just through a lot of self-discovery where you just they just kind of realize, and they have their own aha moments. They go, you know what, but I'm 40 now, and I've had my home for 15 years, and, you know, I, I, I'm in a pretty good place. So you're, you're right. It's pretty unreasonable for me to think that if I, you know, that I'm going to be homeless because that's not me anymore. Mm-hmm. And they have their own aha moment, and that's what coaching helps them do. It helps them discover and get the insight they need to overcome that thought um, 
which is usually a, a misguided thought um, that's holding them back. And a lot of times that's really what it is. It's helping you think different so that you can feel different so that you can do different. Okay. Okay. So I want to um, kind of build my next question on kind of something you said and something I've noticed because my business, I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs, small business and new business. And what I've noticed is there are a lot based on the people and entrepreneurs I've met. I've met more people, like you said, who haven't started in business than people necessarily struggling in business. So my question to you would be, do you think, and when I say struggling, a lot of times it's, like you said, the same fears that are stopping people from getting started. Mm -hmm. So the entrepreneurs that you're talking to, do you think those fears change as they get into the game? Like, of course, we adapt new beliefs and we have new problems and new situations that we have to deal with. So I know those problems aren't exactly the same, but do you think even the ones that are kind of early in their new, early in their entrepreneur career kind of still getting their feet wet, do you think that's the same problem? They're having the same problem as the people who haven't got started and it's mostly a fear thing? I think that has a lot to do with it. I think it's it's fear can definitely play a part. <clears throat> but a lot of it is mentality in your thought process. Um, most people, once they really sit back and think about it, if they dig deep enough, they'll realize that it's the way I think of a thing that, um, that drives how I feel about it and what I'm doing. So if, I, if I'm already thinking that I'm not going to make it, then I'm going to be fearful. I'm going to ha have anxiety. So then all these crazy emotions show up, and I'm just not going to do it. So a lot of times it starts with the thought. And that's one of the beauties of coaching is that it can really help you figure out if you have stinking thinking that's mm -hmm. holding you back. Mm -hmm. So, um, and part of that could be fear and some of it could be real. I mean, some fears are real. I mean, if you've been homeless, that's a real thing. Yeah, and you don't want to go back there. Uh, so it's not saying that all you got to do is change the way you think and that solves the world. You know, it may not necessarily be quite that simple, but a lot of, a big part of overcoming it is to try to see things differently or just if you can envision it, because a lot of it starts with the vision. So the reality is not even there yet. But if you can see it in your mind, which is thinking because you think in your mind. So if you can see it in your mind that it could be a different way or go a different way or it doesn't necessarily have to turn out the way I thought it would, then that's step one. So most, most dreams, most um, ambitions, most goals, they start in the mind. So if you can get your mind right about it, then usually your emotions and your actions will follow. So the same fears, even once they're getting the business, there are some people who get in the business and the business is doing well, and then the fears creep up again. They've already proven they can do it, and they're doing it, but then they have fear of the rug being snatched from them. Or, well, what if it all goes away tomorrow? I'm doing great today, but what about tomorrow? So there's still fear there. So it may be the fear of getting started, like you said. It could be the fear of struggling through it. And then it could just be the fear of sustaining it. So between the start, the struggle, and sustaining, there could be fear laced all within it. So fear can definitely be a big part of it. 100%. 100%. Okay, so I want to um, flip the page on that, kind of still stay on entrepreneurship. Um, kind of more turned towards your entrepreneurship journey. Mm -hmm. uh, ask you a few questions about that. So we discussed your transition into life coaching, and it came at a transitional period in your life. 
my question would be, once you got into life coaching and you're helping your clients, are there like certain mindsets or certain maybe beliefs might not be the perfect term, but like common threads, whether it's entrepreneurs or not, that say those beliefs are hold people back. Like, and you realize that it's more common than just maybe one or two clients. I think most of them, if if I were to think about almost every client I've ever coached, at some point it has come up about how you think about things. Mm. Uh, I've coached baristas at coffee shops, um, and I've coached uh, network executives with major television production companies, C-suite people, um, who still at some point have had a thought that um, either I can't do it, I shouldn't be doing it, I'm not good enough to do it, um, can I still do it? You know, it's, it's everybody's mind, regardless of your status or level, can take you to a very interesting place. Really? Depending on where you are. Um, and so with coaching, the, the principles and the processes don't really differ that much, whether you're coaching a barista at a coffee shop or a network television producer. Because at some point, they're coming to you with an issue or a challenge. There's something that's interfering, and you're helping them reduce the interference some kind of way. Um, and sometimes, a lot of the times, it's, 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 it's mental. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's communication. It could be all these other things, or it could be a combination but there can be some commonalities in what what really is the problem. Is it fear? Is it the way you're thinking? Is it the way you're communicating? Um, is it the way you think about yourself? Is it self-image? Is it self-compassion? Are you being too hard on yourself? Are you, you know, everybody's dealing with something that's interfering. So that's universal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So swinging back kind of like to your entrepreneur journey and you can um correct me if I'm wrong if this is the case or not with you but a common thread that I've realized like amongst entrepreneurs who are really killing the game and really walking in the call and this for them and their purpose I've noticed that a lot of them were already walking down a path when they found it would you say that's how you came along your path, or do you think, like, regardless of where you would have been, you you would have kind of found it? I think there was a part of me that was already, was, was leading up to this. So mm-hmm. it was already destined to be what it is for me today. I think um, the, the positions that I've held, uh, the students that I've taught, the audiences that I've spoken to, the clients that I've coached, everything and everybody – uh, the people that I've managed, it, everything and everybody has led me to this moment. Um, I don't know that many people know it and get it right out the gate at an early age um, of what they're really purpose and destined to be. Some people intuitively can kind of just know, you know, I know I'm going to be a singer or I know I'm going to be an actress. 
Uh, but there's still a process even with that because you don't start out as a superstar. Um, there's a there's a, a life lesson in the book that says something to the effect of you don't go from step one to step final. You don't mm. go from step one to step final. There's a process to get from step one to step final. So even if you have an inkling in step one, what it's going to look like at the final step may be totally different than what you even envisioned in step one. But but part of you may know, there may be an inkling that there's something about this step one that's taking me somewhere, but you have no idea what step final looks like. So very few people go from step one to step final. There's a quote in there about being an over, there's there's very few overnight successes. Um They've overcome stresses, but they're not an overnight success. 100%. So I think that's another uh, life lesson in the book. So um, I think people um, maybe know and have some idea of where this may be taking me because they may not be comfortable where they are. Like they could be working at a car wash uh, and realize that, you know what, I enjoy washing cars. I like the new car smell. But something about this I know is not the be-all, end-all for me. You know, I'm going to own a fleet of cars at a car lot or so, or something much bigger. So there could be something that's tugging at them early, but they may not have a clue how it's going to totally evolve. 100%. 100%. Okay, so question. I know you said you coach people all the way from C-suite executives to baristas. Mm-hmm. Okay, would you say... I know you said coaching is more forward-facing, like taking the next step. Would you say all of your clients who come to you are trying to take the next step? And when I say the next step, I mean whether it's career-wise, relationship-wise, or whatever the case may be for them, or would you say some clients are more so trying to get an understanding and – I guess, I don't know if allowance would be the perfect word here, but uh, asking more for, so for permission, like, okay, like saying, asking, is it okay to be where I am? Because I know, like, a lot of people, even if they're happy where they are, they feel like they have to chase whatever the next milestone would be, even if it's not a personal milestone, but, like, what people say the next milestone would be so would you say everybody who comes to your coaching is chasing that next milestone or some people are trying to plant their flag where they are i would say most people who pursue coaching know that there's something else they know that there's an it for them whatever it is um they they want to to do more of it or they want to do it better or they just want to get started doing it, whatever it is. Um, And they have to bring that to coaching because as a coach, it's not my job to kind of figure it out, pull it out, and kind of discover it for them. Because, again, coaching is very client-centered, client-focused. So they have to come with an it or something um, for us to engage in a coaching-client relationship. They need to know what that is. Um, I've had clients before say, well, what do you think? Or what do you think I should do? Or what would you do? Um, and I laugh and I say, it's not about me. It's not (laughs) about what I think. It's not about what I would do. Um, cause I'm not your counselor. Counselors give advice. I'm a coach. I don't give advice. Um, so yeah, I do have clients who want me to kind of 
affirm them or um, to validate them in that way. And I and, and as a coach, I certainly should validate their efforts and their accomplishments. Um, but but there's nothing more important than self validation. You know, being able to say, you know what. I may not be quite there, but I'm glad I took the step. Or I may not be quite there, uh, but I now believe I can get there. Or whatever that is, so that they're at a point where they feel good about the good in them or the good in in what they're doing. And a coach can help them get there. Um, So, yeah, there are clients that actually want, you know, they they want the advice. um, They want that affirmation. They want that validation. And there are certain components to coaching where, yeah, we celebrate together and I encourage them, I applaud them for what they are doing and the step they took, but it's all about them. It's not about, okay, you did what I told you to do, high five. It's not that. But I can definitely encourage them and support them, and that's the job and the role of a coach is to support them on that journey, but it is their journey, whatever that is. It's not for me to figure it out as a coach. It's not for me to divine, define it. It's not for me to even give my opinion on it, to be quite honestly. So if someone wants to lose 100 pounds in 10 days, it is not my business whether they can or should or if it's even feasible. If that's what they want to do and they're tenacious enough to do it as a coach, I am there to support you 100%. Oh, that's good. That's good. So would you say most of your clients do come to you already and kind of know what that it is for them or their next goal is? Or would you say most of your clients in you guys' beginning sessions, it starts with you guys sitting and figuring out what that it is for them? Absolutely. Um, you know, we usually will have a conversation, uh, kind of an intake conversation where they actually tell me, okay, here, here's my problem. Here's what I think I need coaching for. And at the end of that conversation or that session, it could turn out that what they originally thought they needed coaching for is not even on the radar, that this was really it the whole time, or this is really, you know, it could be that they say, you know what, I'm at this job and I'm really ready for a promotion and I've been doing all these things that I feel I need to do and I've been trying to connect with the right people and the the needle's not moving um, I really need a sponsor in the company. Nobody's really ready to sponsor me. And I'm just, I've been here all this time and I just, and then by the end of the conversation, they've basically told me, you know what? I don't really even want to be here. <laughs> like, you know, I've been doing all this and they don't see me and they don't appreciate me. And you know what? I just, I think I'm just ready for something new. Now they would could have easily come and, and said, you know, I want to figure out how I can better present myself in this company. But by the end of the conversation, it could be that they're just ready to do something totally different. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, they may come with an it, but they may not end with that it. It may be it may be something totally different by the time we have our first conversation. Wow. I definitely I definitely learned so much from this interview. I definitely want to say thank you. Uh, I have a few more questions I want to ask you before I get you out of here. I definitely want to be respectful of your time, but I want to tell you thank you because I've definitely learned a lot in this interview and this sitting. Um, I guess one of the final questions that I want to ask you would be about path and journey. So like you said, you kind of discovered this passion of yours during a trial period in life. Would you say if you had it to do it over again, would you – because you found this passion, would you want it to play out the exact same? Or if you could, would you want would you want things to go a little differently? 
I would do nothing different in my journey to get me where I am today because I realized that um, I've reached more people and what I've done in the few years where I've specifically focused on one-on-one coaching, although I've been doing coaching for years, but in this specific way, I've reached thousands of people um, in ways that I wouldn't even imagine that I would um, just because I've decided to just be obedient to the feeling I had in fulfilling my purpose. And that's what coaching is. It's about finding your, um, fulfilling your purpose, finding your passion and reaching your potential. That's what coaches help you do. And when I realized I needed to do that for myself, and not only was it helping me, but now I have an opportunity to help thousands. And I've got thousands of people that I know that are talking about coaching now. And I've got thousands of people that are, that are um, aware of what coaching is now. Um, just because I gave myself permission to do what I really instinctly knew that I needed to do. That's good. That's good. I really don't think I have a question that could give you a chance to top that answer. So I think think we're going (laughs) to start right here. We definitely would like, love to have you back, right? If you want to come back, because I know I'm not the only one who gained a lot from this episode. If you could tell, tell them where to find you. So you can um, reach me through my academy. It's NovaLifeCoachAcademy.com. There's a wealth of information on the website about the academy. If you're interested in becoming a life coach, if you're interested in pursuing coaching, you can reach out to the academy. We'd love to speak with you. There's information and resources about the book that we've talked about. It's called Seven Second Life Lessons by Shanika Walls, W-A-L-L-S. There's also a link on the site. If you're interested in purchasing the book, a copy of the book, you can do that on the website as well. So again, just visit Nova, N-O-V-A, NovaLifeCoachAcademy.com. And all of my contact information, um, bio, academy information, and book resource information is on the site. 100%. 100%. And we definitely will, definitely will make sure that link is in the description for you. Like I said, definitely thank you again for coming by and being with us this episode. We will see you guys on the next one. Guys, have a good one.